Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I am Matilda Sturridge. When I was 20, I believed that you fell in love, got married and lived happily ever after. When I was 21, I was pregnant. When I was 22, I was a single parent. This is a podcast about how your expectations of parenthood are often altered by the course of your life. This is Bringing Up Us. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bringing Up Us, the podcast. I'm so excited because this week we have not one but two guests. I'm so lucky that we have the amazing Bryony Gordon, who is a journalist, a writer of three books, a podcaster and a mental health campaigner and an all-round wonderful woman and mother of one. And we also have the amazing artist, Martha Freud. I really hope you enjoy this week's episode. Martha's Hello. boobs are looking really amazing. Do you I've know, I also <laughs> actually was thinking how much I enjoy that we all have quite big boobs. It's such a shame it's a podcast <laughs> and not a... Uh, uh, oh, it's ter- this is a terrible start. Why have I said this? Sorry. Such a shame that you can't see how big our boobs are. They're massive, but you don't have to have big boobs to be, you know... It, we, we will... Do you know what I said to my daughter the other day? We went swimming. We were at, like, some mangy public pool as they, you know... And I was getting changed, and I was like, oh, my boobs are so big. And she went, no, mummy, your boobs are exactly as they should be. We're all born as we're meant to be. <laughs> How amazing old is she? Girl. That is Five. so wise. That's amazing. Yeah, That's I lovely... like to think that I'm responsible for that. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, we are. This is the first podcast where we have a topic. We're here to talk about friendship and parenting, which is really excited because Martha and Bryony are real life friends, and as I was saying, real life parents. Woo-hoo. So it makes it really helpful. Um, before we start, I open each podcast with a question. Did you both want to be parents? And if you did, did you have an idea of the parent that you sort of imagined that you were going to be or wanted to be? Um, do you want me to start? You go first. Um, I didn't... I've, I think I, I always... I didn't really ever... Like, my, my becoming a parent was quite unplanned for me. Like, I'd only been with my boyfriend for about five minutes. And... Um, and we were very happy together. <laughs> and we, we still are. We're married now. I don't know. It's not like a sad <laughs> end to this tale. But like I, like if, you, if you'd asked me like 10 or well, seven, my daughter's five now. If you'd asked me like seven years ago that any of what has happened in my life would have happened, I would have been like, no. Like it's, it was batshit crazy. To, can I swear? Yes. Good. Swear. Um, 
the it like I so I never I never thought I was such a fuck up like I was like such a like I was just careering around like a lunatic and and then I got pregnant and I was like oh this is gonna save me like this is this is it like I'm gonna be fine I've got I'm pregnant I've got a bugaboo I'm living in a flat in Clapham I've got a husband who watches the rugby yay and like and that was what I thought parenting was going to be. Like immediately, it was everything was going to just be perfect and wonderful. And 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 for me, that that funny enough, like motherhood doesn't do for you what like a really solid course of rehab does for everyone else. Like you're still you. So I I and so I you know I've got sober since becoming a mother, and my career weirdly has taken off massively since becoming a mother and I always when I grew up I thought that being a mother would like stymie my career like I always yeah. heard being a, but actually it's kind of it's really forced me to knuckle down and and, and I've and I've kind of flourished professionally why why do you think that is is that because you feel like you've got now something to kind of work for and someone like you know I've got to work for this person and it's not just that it was like I've also got to work like on behalf of this person so this person doesn't grow up thinking I didn't want I like all the things I do I do because I didn't want Edie to grow up in the kind of world that I'd grown up so like mental health campaigning I didn't want her to grow up in a world where she didn't feel she could talk about this stuff and 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 yeah and I think it does I think parenthood does make you um I mean, it doesn't look. It doesn't. It isn't a magic cure all, and it and 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 I think it's really important to say that to anyone who's listening because I felt like a terrible human because I was a mum and I was drinking lots and taking drugs and and uh, and I thought I must have been the only person in the world that was doing that, but it wasn't. That wasn't the case, and I think it's really important to say that parenthood doesn't like solve all your problems, but it did give me a reason to sort my shit out eventually. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's that. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's. I think you're right. I think it is that thing of everyone at the beginning goes like, "Oh, well, you're going to have a baby, and it's going to be great, and life will be wonderful, and everyone will be really, really happy." But it doesn't. It's the well, it's the story that we're all told, right? Mm. Like yeah. again and again and again, growing up. Which is why I think people are so shocked when it's not like that, and people yeah. get you know f- find it really, really difficult at the beginning because you're like, no one said. It's really hard and really scary and puts so much strain on a relationship and it's not simple. Things change, but you don't. Yes. You, know, you don't automatically become a perfect person. I always I always describe when everyone's like, what's it like when you first bring a baby home? And it's that feeling, you know, when you come back on holiday and everything's the same, but it just feels a little bit different. It's just uh, your home just feels a bit different. And I remember that feeling of being like, it's this, this is my same home, but it doesn't quite feel like home yet and it's sort of that transition of just waiting for it to be normal and feel normal and then it does and you know it's a new it's a new kind of normal it shifts things shift you really wanted to be a parent didn't you Martha? I did I always knew I wanted to be a mother um and you know I planned my whole career around something that I could fit around a family and I wanted to have a child by the time I was 30 and I just made it by six months um and like I, I thought it would complete me. Uh, I thought that I would be one and whole when I became a mother, <laughs> which um, turned out not to be true. But uh, and I thought I'd find it easier. I thought that I would have five children, at least, and that I would kind of breeze through it and be floaty and perfect. 
Uh, also, not what happened. <laughs> you make it look quite breezy. Yeah, that's because you didn't see me shouting at my daughter this morning, just before school time. Well, well, if, I mean, we were all shouting at our daughters know, this morning. Always, always they were shouting, shouting at me. Well, I was shouting at me. I'm like, hang on, this isn't right. Like, <laughs> Rudy was shouting at me for wanting to get a cup of coffee. He was like, you can't. It's so bad for you to have a cup of coffee every morning. I was like, just stop making me feel guilty. I had this really, this is actually really awful. I had this really terrible morning where it just everything went wrong. We were running late and uh, I was shouting at him. We hadn't done our spellings. I dropped him at school and it was like, you know, just get into school, quick, go into school. And I left and I felt like so guilty. I was like, mm. oh my God, he's going to sit through school all day and think I'm terrible and it's been such a rush morning and I feel really bad and that's awful and... A parent came up to me and said, oh, you, are you going to the music assembly? Which is where it's sort of an hour assembly where all the kids who play instruments play their violin really badly. Rudy wasn't playing in it. And I was like, yes. I was like, I'm going to go to that assembly and I'm going to sit at the back and I'm going to mouth to Rudy how much I love him <laughs> throughout the whole assembly. And I walked in and Rudy looked at me as if he was like, what? why are you here? And I was like, I love you so much. And his teacher was looking at me being like, oh, is he meant to be playing an instrument? And I sat through an hour of other people's children playing instruments just so I can mouth, I really love you. Aww. That's yeah. so sweet. Or completely insane. <laughs> um, but no, we all have those mornings, those shouty mornings. Yeah. But the guilt, the guilt I never expected as a mother, just how constantly I feel guilty. Really? Yeah. I think I felt, you see, it's really interesting. Like, I felt, I think a lot of the feelings that um, are quite normal to feel, um, quite a lot of the normal negative feelings to feel after you give birth, I had been feeling my entire life because I had suffered from obsessive compulsive disorder since the age of 12. So, like, the germs, the da 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 da, da mm. the, the feeling like I was a bad person. So, I was like, oh, this is just like, this is, this is, I, I'm at this level already. So, I, I mean, it, was, it didn't make it easy, but I was like, oh, I recognize this, this kind of obsessive scrubbing of everything and the fear that everyone's about to die. I'm like, that, that's basically been my life since I was 12. So, it didn't, it, it was like, oh, maybe I'm quite suited to this. Like, <laughs> Certainly in the very early days, I, I found it, I didn't find, I, I actually did find it quite easy. I was like, what's everyone witching about? You get to go to sleep when they sleep. And like, frankly, I was such a party girl that I was like, getting up at five in the morning is much better than continuously going to bed at five in the morning and then having to get up. You know, like I was like sleeping more than I'd ever slept before. Like my experience <laughs> of parenthood was not like, I was like, what, why does everyone get this? And I was like, this is lush. I get to take a year off work. I don't have to go into the office. I mean, obviously there were moments where I was like screaming and crying at my eyeballs. That's where everyone cries out of, of course. <laughs> um, like, I, I didn't, like, I think also, and this is, this is where Martha comes into my story, is that for me, it was really important to create, like, a community and to be able to reach out to people <clears throat> who were doing the same thing. And Martha and I met. When I was going to say, did you we didn't know before each, you were parents? We didn't know each other before we were parents. We were just, like, they were ships three passing months in the old. night. We went to a... We went, we went, this is it was like, a buggy party. It was a buggy party. It was the launch of a what buggy. What is a buggy? Oh, okay. So launch... what? I've missed out on a buggy party? What are these? There and was I... cake. There was no, lots of it cake. It was like at some swish. I was like, I don't know. And we went and I met Martha and 
and we lived really close to each other. Yeah. And so we kept in touch and I and I, and, and now we go on holiday together every year. Martha's like, "Oh god, I wish we didn't." <laughs> and Martha's Martha's seen me get so, you know, and Martha like knows everything. She knows more things about me than like my mus- my husband, my, my mum husband, or my mom, husband. I know that husband. <laughs> you do. And um, you know, I think that thing of having someone that you you can you, you, who you're going through at the same time because Nancy and Edie are like it's like they're only a couple of weeks apart in age. Yeah. And it's good that they get on as well. I was gonna I think. say, do they do they get on? They didn't have a choice. Yeah. But fortunately they love each other. Yeah, and they did because we now Martha Martha was like like a bit. She moved from around the corner from me to the other side of London. So they don't see each other. But when they do, like we went to France this year last last year now. <laughs> what time moves so quickly? And they would just go off. For the day, like in their own little Nancy Edie world. That's so nice. And Nancy is constantly stealing my phone to send emojis. Oh my god, I get like yeah, like. <laughs> Bryony's in important work meetings, and she gets a bombardment of a hundred emojis <laughs> from never, Nancy for Edie. No, like my life is like my life. My work is basically a procession of emojis. That's what I do for a living. I act out emojis. <laughs> So it's not. It's quite. It's quite. A, it's quite a relief from tedious. But having that, you know what I mean. Like having those. Oh, I just think it's so important. But when I was pregnant, and although I was twenty-two, so I think this worry was legitimate. I was so worried that I was going to lose all my friendships because I was young and I had a baby, and no one was going to want to hang out with the with the one that had a baby. And I also feel like you're told that you're really boring and you lose all your friends because when you become a parent. You know, you're just with a child and you're not interesting anymore. Which was completely the opposite of what happened. And my friends just, our friendships became stronger. I met incredible people. They were all and have been so much part of mine and Rudy's story. And also part of bringing him up and helping me and being there for me and being the support that maybe a partner would have been. But they were, they were those people. But did you have that worry of going, I'm going to be a mum and... I'm not going to be interesting to some people anymore. Definitely. And I'm not interesting to some people anymore. But also that's okay. Because mm. I have different friendships which are kind of founded on different things which mean so much more to me than mm. going out and partying and where I was the night before. And it's um, it, it's it forms friendships, I think, on a totally different and more solid level i think friendships that i I have this thing that i think friendships that take place during the day are genuine generally more kind of solid and as you say than friendships that take place at night and most of my friendships took place at night before i had a baby do you know what i mean and now nothing nothing takes place at night (laughs) apart from me the sofa netflix bed but so i but we we knew each other long before you got sober and yet i've never seen you drunk that's not true. Oh, that is not true. There was a holiday <laughs> where you got one? drunk. Mallorca. Mallorca. That was such a bliss holiday. That was such a bliss holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but we, 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 uh, but I, I. But actually, no, it is true because I go to bed at 10 o'clock. Yeah. So but I my, never really saw you drink. So my drinking, like then, was like, it was, I wasn't going out that much, um, but it was, it was just taking place at home. So I'd yeah. get, like, Edie to bed. And it would be like, go to bed. And I didn't think I had a problem because I was like waiting until she went to bed. And I was like, alcoholics don't do that. They drink all day. They, you know, they're on a park bench. 
And for me, and at the first, I at first I sort of made at first I justified the way I would drink when he went to bed. I was like, "Nat, normal. It's normal. It's normal because oh, look everything I've gone through today, and and now we're sitting in the garden with seventy eight bottles of rosé and three packets of fags, and you know it's good for my relationship too. That was kind of the kind of thing going through my head, and you, you were always very gentle with me about it." Like, I think that's really important in friendships as well. It's knowing, it's kind of, you never, you never sort of, like, I would tell you some of the things that had happened and you would very, um, you know, some of the sort of scrapes I would find myself in and, and you wouldn't judge them, you know, you wouldn't be like, oh my God, I'm calling social services <laughs> on your ass, you know, like you were like, you knew that it would, I guess you you know you were like that just like really cheesy recovery thing of everyone's on their own path but you were always there in a very non-judgmental way and uh and sort of supportive and saying look it's okay like you know these and 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 I came to it you know and I think also it's really interesting because you attract you know they they attract the you attract the people into your life that you um you need yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, that makes complete sense. Because I, I really don't think that without Martha, I would have got, I would have come to the, I would have got to the sober conclusion. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. And like, and on, and, and I, and I, and I, and I'm not just saying that because of this podcast, but yeah. I think because of all of the, like, I didn't know that world existed. Do you know what I mean? Like, it didn't even occur to me. And, and and that idea that I could be, I could exist and have a fulfilling life, fulfilling life without alcohol didn't, because you don't really drink, do you? No. So we'd go on holiday and you would be having shit loads of fun when we'd play those silly name on the head games, but you wouldn't, you'd have like a sip of rosé. And it was like the first time I'd realised that there was like this other way, do you know what I mean? And that it didn't have to be my way, do you know what I mean? And someone could look happy doing that. Um, and... And so, and so I really credit you with that, you know, showing me that little path. And then, and we were on holiday, weren't we, this year when I got my one year. Yes. And uh, it was really nice. Like every morning we'd get up and we'd do little kind of like meditation sessions. Martha would try and make me do hit. <laughs> Martha, is, <laughs> Martha is a beast. If Martha was not an incredibly talented artist, she would be she would be running like a fitness empire, like beasting people like, no, do it better, <laughs> do it stronger, do another 15. Uh, but you know, like you really helped me to be well. And in, and at my most at my most kind of dark times when I've been like, uh, you're like actually I've never seen you so well because you're dealing with your shit instead of drinking it away. That's so lovely. Did you feel that you lost people, lost friends when you stopped you stopped drinking and you wanted to have a new a new version of you? Do you feel like there were people that went, okay, no. Um, I think I lost them long before I decided to stop drinking. Like I think I, I think I, a lot of your natural friendships when you have babies change. You know, you can't, you just can't do it. Um, so I think I'd already sort of got to that stage. I didn't. I think all the people that I had in my life when I decided to get sober were really, really supportive. Like nobody said to me, "I don't think you should be doing this." Everyone went. Everyone had this kind of look of relief on their face. So. No, I didn't lose any friends at all. Um, I think I'd, 
already kind of shrugged shrugged off sounds wrong but like and some of those people are now coming back into my life as they decide to get sober which is really interesting but like I think I had uh, people like Martha had come in and were you know I, I'd, I'd change I'd change them and I had more nourishing friendships yeah so and they were already in place so I don't think it you know so everyone just was like yeah please I'm so glad you're not ever going to drink again well you know not just for today but um you know it was it was really and that's really great and I'm really lucky because a lot of people don't have that yeah a lot of people don't have that you know a lot of people don't have a you know I that ED was my reason to get sober I mean I'm I should be my reason to get sober but do you know what I mean like really she was and and I see people like young people who get sober and they don't have that you know and I really respect them because all of the kind of sober structure was already in place. I was just fucking trashing it with booze the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So actually, when I stopped doing it, everyone was like, "Thanks, that's a bit of a relief." But if you're if you're young and you like you want to get sober, it's you know everyone's still doing that. You know what I mean? But it, when you're a parent, I think it's just you know it it was fine. It was the best thing I ever did. I have ever done. Apart from meet Martha, obviously. Oh. <laughs> I really great do think. Gal. I really feel like the universe meant us to meet that day, because oh, I was invited at the last minute to the buggy party. So can I tell you what happened? Yeah, I was going to say is that thing of I'm the shyest person when it comes to meeting new people. I'm I'm just not brave in those situations, especially sort of around kind of mums where you're like, I've just got to step up and be like, Hey, I'm I'm Matilda. Nice to meet you. Was is that how it? Well, happened. no, because we, we had another friend there, Amanda, who mm. you met first. Amanda came over to me and said, I've just met someone. She's called Bryony and she's really nice and she lives really near us. <laughs> but I haven't been, I haven't been meaning to, like, I, I had basically, I was supposed to go on a play date that afternoon. I structured all my days. Like, I had to do something every day because, <laughs> heaven forbid, I was alone in my head in my house. But... And I put on Facebook, I was like, oh, anyone around this afternoon? Because my play date's been cancelled. <laughs> and this person I was friends with on Facebook, who was a PR, was like, come to this buggy launch. So I got on the bus. I got on the 88 bus for an hour to Marlborough. And I and I went to the buggy launch. And that and that was where I met you. And had I not, like, I, had, I not, had I not done that, I really do think, oh, my God, how different life would be. You know, but life, life, the fact that... You know, it is kind of all miraculous, the fact that we were pregnant at the same time and living around so the corner. So you were both pregnant when you met? No, 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 no. We were, the babies were born. Oh, the babies were born. You know, it was just that all those kind of the stars aligning. Yeah. But also for me as well, I, um, when I get scared, I have a tendency to want to over-control things and I get quite uptight. And um, and Nancy was three months old when I met Bryony and, and it was going well, but it was all quite scary and I was had this very perfectionist idea of what a mother, what kind of a mother I was going to be and you know and I had the Gina Ford book and I was crying into it on a daily basis because uh it, it wasn't working you know it, and then I met Bryony and she was so alive and she reminded me to have fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just that thing of like oh you like um I I you know she was like a kind of 
sparkly rainbow jumper while I was Ooh. a kind of safe grey one. It's so funny how like we have these perceptions perceptions of ourselves and each other, and like I, I that you were not a safe grey jumper <laughs> to me. You were the sparkly the sparkly rainbow one. But it's so funny, isn't it? How we are all like in, we're all in our own heads, sort of kicking ourselves. Yeah. But um, but yes, but Bryony was such a relief because it was like, oh, let's let's enjoy having children. Let's you know go to the park and have a nice time and laugh. Bryony has made me laugh so much. Have I? <laughs> yes. When by mistake? Are <laughs> <laughs> you laughing at when? me or not or with me? With you, <laughs> always with you. Um, and it's yes, it she just reminds me to to loosen up sometimes. I. I think that I think that you have to have a bit of a laugh because it is quite funny parenting. I mean, it's like if you do, like, like there's vomit, shit, yeah. like you know, and <laughs> I was just thinking this morning, Edie was getting dressed and she went bollocks, and I was like, no, you know, like the world's not going to end. I'm just like, don't say that at school. You can only you can say that word, but only to me, okay. <laughs> And, like, it is quite funny and magical and wonderful. And I think it's really nice to have a chum. A chum. I sound like Boris Johnson or something. Um, who you can kind of... Who you can you can sort of... Yeah, it's really interesting that you said that because I've never thought of that. And they're kind of the yin and the yang. And how we, you know, we we all have brilliant qualities that we give to other people. Do you know what I mean? And you, And I always thought I had to be... Like, as a parent, I had to be one way. You know, like I thought, you know, and and I still sometimes this morning I drop my daughter at school and then I go down to the around the corner. There's a coffee shop and I get my coffee and then I walked to the train station smoking a fag and like five mums walk past me like in horror. And I was like, well, you know, I've got to I've got to <laughs> I've got to have something. I don't have to have something at all. But you know what I mean? Like I'm like, well, I'm sober. You know, this is not bad. But I, you know, I know that it's just nice to be able to talk about those little foible, foibles and flaws that, you know, are are part of being human and that don't go when you become a mum. And we don't really expect the same of the men. Do you know what I mean? Like no one, and I, and I think there's this real kind of, we, we give ourselves a really hard time and it feels like everything's on us and it isn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's like you do... You do what you can, but they're going to get fucked up by us anyway. I mean, that's everyone gets fucked Regardless up by their parents. Regardless of what we do. Yeah, I think that's so true. I mean, you're a Freud. <laughs> <laughs> you know this. You're, like, related to the man that said this. Like, I just think it's, you know, and so what? So you may as well have a really fun time while you're fucking them up. Mm. Like, be nice to them. Be kind to them. Tell yeah. them that you love them. Tell them that you can do whatever. They can do anything they want and you that they're special. Because... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. They are, and that's it doesn't really matter what grades they get or, you know, or... or or if you know if they have a mental health issue, which they probably will, because people do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like it's just like let them wear life like a kind of little shrug, as opposed to uh, the way I actually the way I really wear life, which is like a kind of set of knight's armor from Game of Thrones. <laughs> but I think sometimes you've got to lighten up. Because oh, fucking yeah. Anyway, I'm really just going off. No, on it's so listen to that. It's so beautiful. You're so Why right. Why is no one drinking their water? I've actually got a little bottle of water. Well, here. I'm going to some more water. Yeah, water. I think you're so right. It's so important. It's very important as a, a real mother, a real parent, and a real friend yeah. to drink your water. I water say. Water is very hydrating and good for you. <laughs> it's the only thing I drink now. That's not true. <laughs> I also drink coffee. So much coffee. Did you have? When you were pregnant, did you have friends? Did you have lots of friends who were going through the same thing? I had. Four, when you were pregnant, did you, did you have, have friends? Did you have any no, friends? No, no. I, I was, I was, I was cast out. <laughs> One of my best friends was pregnant at the same time. She, she, she was six weeks ahead of me, which was so lovely because we got to experience it together. But also, um, I had that thing when I was pregnant with my first, where I know that. I wasn't the only pregnant person in the world, but it was the first time that I was pregnant and it was really kind of, it it felt so massive. Um, and it was so nice to have a friend to go through it with, but also I get a bit jealous that she had to, she got to experience everything six weeks ahead of me. <laughs> Those six weeks feel like such a long time when you're in. And of course now it's like, whoa, but at the time they feel like really monumental. Mm. They could be six years. Yeah. Did you both do NCT and things like that? <laughs> yes. I did, did NCT. You? you know what? I didn't even know what it was. I didn't have any of that. We did like two classes with, the, you know, the hospital sort of puts you in a, a like a, a class. We did that, but no one told me about NCT. I, I, I think that maybe I would have been too. I didn't get that much out of mine. Um, I mean, it was the classes were useful, um, but I never really connected with my NCT group. And when Nancy was six weeks old, I had to have an emergency caesarean. And my caesarean scar was still so painful. And I was up in the middle of the night crying because it hurt so much. And I sent a message, an email out to my NCT group going, it's been six weeks and it still really hurts. And um, and I'm really scared about it. And, uh, and they all wrote back going, oh, mine didn't really hurt at all. It was fine. And that was the end of my friendship with NCT group. That's not even true. I bet they all did hurt, but they're just not saying that it hurted. 
That's really annoying. I I am um, I I I have I have some friends from NCT like two maybe lots of them moved away. <laughs> like what did I do? It's not all about me. But um, I got did get I did get taken off the NCT email list by the teacher. Um, which we all found hilarious because um, because she okay so we do the you know you're paying like three hundred quid it's not you know it's not an insignificant amount of money when you're you know when you're pregnant and you have to yeah. buy all the junk that goes with it and um, we went along and she was like you know they taught we always I, the thing about NCT as well is and it may have changed now because it's been five years six years however long since I've done it but my husband said it was like going on holiday. And reading a guidebook that only tells you about the flight. And then you get there and you're like, what's the currency? What language is everyone speaking? And where am I going to stay? You know, not planning. And it's like, and that's what NCT is like. They're just fucking obsessed with the birth. Now, I get that. The birth is a big thing. It's a huge experience. I'm not undermining it. But... It isn't everything. And and I think that, like, and what happened... And I ended up having an emergency C-section too, right? And everyone was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I didn't, like... The baby got out. It was, you know, we're all fine. Let's move on. Thank you. I don't want to... I don't want to dwell too much on, you know, when I was standing there high on gas and air because I was like, I haven't been able to have any drugs for nine months. Do you know what I mean? Like, with just my boobs hanging out. And the midwife was like, maybe you'd like to put, like, a bra on? I'm like, fuck off. But... I loved that midwife, by the way. <laughs> um, she was amazing. She got the measure of me very quickly. Um, but where was I? And I, but I, I, when we were doing the course, the woman, so she talked through water births and da 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 and hypnobirthing. And then she said, and now um, I don't want to end on a negative note. So I'm not really going to talk about C-sections because, you know, and I put my hand up and I was like, statistically, two of us in this room are going to end up having an emergency C-section. And actually, you should tell us about what we should expect from one. You know, it is not. And I think it's really interesting. And anyway, she didn't like that. But it's really interesting now. People don't call them C-sections anymore. They call I've noticed this thing on Instagram. They call them abdominal births because they're births all the same. Yeah. And I and I think that we I think that I, I love reading people's birth stories um, and uh, you know, because, uh, but I think it's really important that we talk about all of it. But also, I think it's really important that we talk about what happens afterwards yeah. in the days when you go home and your home doesn't feel like your home yes. anymore. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's the time. And yes, people do experience great, tra like, trauma in labor. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think we should undermine that. But that should be something. But it, I don't think it should be the whole, like, I don't think labor should be the whole thing that we focus on. I, I think we need to focus agree. on more on what happens in your head in the weeks and months after you give birth yeah. and how you support yourself through that. More should, be, more should be taught about breastfeeding and feeding options mm. and all of that. None of that, none of that was dealt with. It was like, just, okay, it's, yeah. it's, this is, you know, it, it is important to know about labor, but I don't think it should be the only thing that we learn when it comes to parenting when we're pregnant. I completely agree. I remember taking Rudy out of the hospital and, you know, I'd had a really, really long birth and, you know, got through it and it was amazing. We were taking him home and it was really exciting. And I had that darkness where I was like, I have this baby with me for my whole life mm. and it is on me to make this child a good person. And I went to a place so dark which I'd never experienced before mm. and I kind of you know taught myself through it in my head and I was you know knew that that it was possible that maybe you know I if, if 
I would feel a bit heavy and and I said it's okay it's okay that I'm feeling like this and I'm going to allow this whole car journey to me to feel really dark and I and I did and I was really frightened and then I got out of the car and I was like okay and I was you know lucky enough that it, it, it didn't turn into something else but it's in in those few weeks I there was there was no support of, of mm. all that you feel and how completely overwhelming it is and and you know and breastfeeding and also just how you sleep yeah. I remember being like, well, I mean, how that, do I go to bed? Well, like, also, what do not, I do? I made the kind of flippant thing earlier that I slept more, but actually, your sleep is very broken. Yeah, and you know, we, I, as a mental health campaigner, we know that that you know you you have the kind of five pillars, the basic things you need to get, you need to have to have a happy, you know, to have good mental health, and of course, sleep is, is 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 number one. Do you know what I mean? And you you are and you also the you know the hormones, the stuff gushing around your body. And I really do think we would be better served as women instead of teaching you about all the various ways to have a birth, as if really you have any control over it, which you don't. No control. And that's I think why I hate you can birth you plans. can learn hypno, but you can do all the kind of hypnotherapy and all of that, and that's great. But and, and, and if it comes off that way, I'm really pleased for you. But for a lot of people, it doesn't, for whatever reason. There's lots of complica- complicated factors at play here. We're older when we have babies, you know. And then, <laughs> and 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 actually, what I think would be better served as saying these are the amazing positive things that you can do to prepare for birth, right? And then, but here's anyway. Afterwards, here's what's going to happen. Here's what happens if you feel you have a traumatic birth. Here are the things I'd recommend to you. And and here's what's going to happen when you get home. And here's what's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? And what might happen. And and here's the things that you can do to make to help you through that period. That's the really key thing. And that's where, and really that's where the value from NCT comes from. Is is in the buying the friends mm. and the group and the support network, the people that are going through it at the same time as you. Um, and and I feel that that that's really missed out. And I think you know births are obviously incredibly important, and I'm not not undermining that at all. But I think just as important is a mother's mental health in the early days. Completely, yeah, completely. And and actually in the later days, oh, which is always when they're fine. Just throughout. <laughs> and uh, you know, but I, I think that we do need to sort of. I think if men gave birth, that would all be like, yeah, they'd be like, sure, do you know what I mean? Yeah. To talk about work and becoming a parent and friendship, you both have jobs where they're quite isolating in the way that you have to you have to take yourself off mm-hmm. to go and write a book, and you take yourself off to your studio, and it's very self motivated. How do you deal with juggling that with being a parent, but also juggling your you know your 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 so your life your your friends and your partners I've got a nanny <laughs> <laughs> next what about that that really well, helps. I, um, childcare childcare is the key yeah a childcare i didn't i wasn't so good at the childcare bit i felt like i had to do everything myself um and I really struggled because I used to work very uh, obsessively. I used to be in my studio for 14 hours a day, yeah. seven days a week and fully immerse myself in my work. And um, I didn't know how to work not like that. Uh, but I took 
book. Uh, but when Nancy was tiny, it was all right because I could just put her in my pouch and, you know, we went on site visits and she was my little assistant. Um, it's quite e- it's actually quite much easier in the very early days, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, because they sleep quite a lot and she would just be in a little basket. You kind of want the maternity leave to come when they're about one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For me, when it was when I had Albert, um, my second, that then suddenly there was no room for work for about I tried when he was six months old I took on a project and he was waking up every 40 minutes and would only be breastfed back to sleep and I was working through the night with a break every 40 minutes to feed him back to sleep and then juggling my three-year-old and my six-month-old in the day and I lost it I just I was so unwell by the end of it I I stopped working for a bit after that um and I've made the decision to concentrate on parenting during these very young years. Not because it's necessarily better for them, but because that's what I wanted to do. So like I look at Nancy and I look at Edie and they're both great. I don't think me being a stay-at-home mum has done anything for Nancy other than ticked a box that I wanted to but tick. I, I do think it's important. And I think that, you know, I think that... I try and I certainly try and do pick up as much as you know. Like I have a I have a I have this insanely brilliant manny, um, and um, and I'm really lucky. And he and my mum comes, you know, and I'm really lucky to have that support. I try and and I think it is. I think that you know. I think we shouldn't. I think women beat themselves up for going out to work, and then they beat themselves up for choosing to stay at home. And and I think both are completely brilliant, valid, wonderful decisions. And I. And I, and, I, and I think, and you know, different different things work for different people at different stages. Some women can, some women feel it would be better. You know, like there's there's a million different reasons why, mm. you know. And, and I don't think that, and I don't, and I think that, you know, just as, just as all men are different, all women are different and all, and all of our, all of our circumstances are different. You know, mm. I'm lucky enough that. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a job where I actually I have this money, but I'm I can be I'm very I'm flexible and I can so I can do I can do quite a bit of that stay at home mumming stuff, yeah. you know. Um, you know I do pick up on I make sure I do try and do pick up two days a week and you know and take her to school, you know. <laughs> I was like, well done, Bryony, you, you do some parenting. <laughs> isn't it funny? Isn't it funny though? We we're having this discussion. Like I don't even know why we're having this fucking discussion. It's the year two. Sorry, no offense. Like I'm not I'm not saying that it was a bad <laughs> yeah, question, yeah. but it's like the year 2019. Men, like the amount of times I hear men when I go into the office I do sometimes work in the Telegraph. And I sometimes hear men going, oh, I've got to babysit tonight. I'm like, oh, do you have a second career? Are you trying to make a bit of extra money on the side? They're like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you just said you were going to babysit. And they're like, oh, oh, no, 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 it's my children. I'm like, well, then you're not babysitting. You're parenting. Yes. You know, and, and I think that there's that whole kind of like... And it, and so I, I'm sort of, I'm very like, whatever people want to do, let them do it. And let, let, let you know, do not judge. Because... Yeah. It's, I also think you're made like you're made to feel, you know. I am I am a state. You know, I'm with Rudy, and for me, I had at the beginning. I was so anxious. I had real separation anxiety because I was playing mum and dad, and I was like, I need to be there all the time. I cannot miss anything. And oh, Martha just hit her head. Um, 
I, and I was so worried about missing anything because I, I, I was like, I need to do both of these jobs. And I still find it really important that, that I am there for him, even though you're completely right. I think Rudy is the most secure, amazing, wonderful boy that would be just as wonderful if I you know, wasn't there to pick him up every day or to go on some of the school trips or to you know, be there at his breakfast and just smell him every second. But every time that I say I've chosen to be there, people kind of look at me and go, well, why? And I'm like, well... I feel sometimes uncomfortable telling someone that my main job is I'm a mum. Mm. And that is my main I job. And I find myself go hot. And sometimes yeah. I lie and say, I am an architect. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, oh, that's really interesting. It's sort of move on. It's much more interesting yeah, than being a yeah, parent. Yeah, really an architect. No. Oh, okay, I love that. Um, just, no, you but it just, it, yeah, it just day. comes exactly. Like, also, you know. like, I don't, like, actually, like, we've all got, we've all got, our, we've all got a job to do on this. And that is to stop asking women what they, you know, what they do or are they mm. stay at home or are they and just uh, Margot Robbie was being interviewed and she got asked if she was planning to have children and she completely like served the interviewee like why the fuck are you asking me this question you wouldn't yeah. ask this to my male co-stars yeah. and I think that you know it's the expectations we all have and I and I also I I have to think very carefully if I had another child now we have shared parental leave and my husband could take six months and I could take six months. I have to question whether I would want him. I'd be like, you know what I mean? And, and I think we have to all look at yeah. our places and I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Whatever you decide to do, you decide to do. Don't fucking justify it to me because you don't need to. Mm. Yeah. You don't need to. Or yeah. accept it. So I when still you find feel you... like I do. No, yeah, you no, don't. But I the do. Next time, I do it all the time. The next time, and... the next time you find yourself... Then going, oh, I, yeah. I work from, I'm, I'm a stay at home mum. Yeah. Just then just go, I'm a stay at home mum. And to mm -hmm. pause, it's like when someone gives you a compliment. You know, when you do that thing <laughs> when they give you a compliment and you're like, they're like, oh, that dress is nice. You're like, oh, thanks, but it shows off my bingo wings yeah. and da 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 da. And you're like, wow, you've just taken that compliment and then you stamped on it, then you set it on fire <laughs> and then you spat on it and you've turned it into an insult. Just go, thank you. Yeah. And, I, do you know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> I, 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 I quite often play down my stay-at-home mumming with, oh, yeah, you know, I'm choosing to do uh, quantity parenting, not quality. It's, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do yourself down because it's something to be proud of. It's like, yes, I parent all the fucking time yeah. and I'm brilliant at it and my kids are really happy because of it. And then I'll go, and do you know what? I... I have three baby books, four baby books now. I've given birth to four books since I've had my baby. And my ba my real baby is really happy for it. And that's it. Yeah. We're all yeah. different. We're all different. We all have different things. And just, we're all doing our best. Yeah. We're all doing our best. And that's fine. I had, when, um, when my little one started nursery, he's just turned three. Um, and I felt such a need to kind of scrapbook my children's childhoods up until now because um, suddenly I had a few hours in the day to myself and having just waved goodbye to my kids I then go home and pour over photos <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but actually I thought I thought I have been working so hard at this for the last six years harder than I've ever worked on anything else if my partner had been working on a six-week project that he'd then handed in he would have got a round of applause and a Pat yeah. on the back. Yeah. Whereas I have worked harder than I've ever worked for six years, and no one's even noticed other than me. 
<laughs> but but also go. Well, actually, I, I don't need I don't need a pat on the back, but I need to pat myself on the yeah, back. Yeah, actually, Martha, you really do. I remember when Rudy when Rudy first started nursery school, I sent the longest message out to around sort of maybe like ten of my very close friends at sort of nine fifteen just after I dropped him, just thanking them. And like you know, saying just thank you all for 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 being there for me, and you know, from helping me get you know this far, and and I think it, it, it you do need a big pat on the back when you it's it's just huge, it's so big parenting, and it's mm. all the time, and all the time different things are thrown at you, and you have to think on your feet and go. What's the best bit of advice I can give here, or how can I help this person, this situation, and how can I stop my child saying bollocks? Or, or yeah, or yeah, Rudy's. Oh, it's so it's, lovely though. I really, I, I just, it, I'm sure it'll get really bad again when they, in about another five years, when they start to go to teenage years. But oh my god, I know, I'm so scared. Are you helping your children negotiate friendships at the moment? I feel like I'm doing that a lot, and I don't know how well I'm doing at it. Yes. Yeah, I don't know how well I'm doing at it either. I find it tricky enough negotiating friendships as a. I think adult. I feel you, very poorly qualified. You, it takes you straight back to the playground. Yeah. You know that horrible. Like I've just finished writing this book for teenage girls, and the whole time I was writing, I was going, <gasps> you know, like I felt like I was back in the playground. Yeah. And that kind of that mean girls thing, and the whole, which is all you know, and actually and it's brutal. It yeah. is so and it's like brutal. The, it's like the iTunes charts. Like, are they? Am I their friend this week yeah. or someone else? And. You know, all you can do is let them know. I think that they're awesome, and you know, if and someone also, chooses not to be their friend, that's that that other person's yeah. problem. And as an adult, you know, we we don't have to be friends with everyone. You know, we don't need to be friends with everyone. But as a child, Rudy, his heart is broken if not everyone wants to be his friend every day. He just can't. He's just like, but what? But why? Why doesn't this person want to be my friend today? And it, it like it hurts Do you say, him because they're an asshole. Yes, really. all the time. <laughs> they're an asshole all the time. That's why they don't want to be your friend. Well, I once found, I once found myself like telling a child off while taking at Rudy's class swimming, and he was being like, "Well, you're not going to come to my party," and I was just like, "Well, we never want to see you ever. We don't want to come to <laughs> your party." I was party. like, "Your party's has rubbish. Party's not a party without Rudy." And Rudy kind of looked at me to be like, "Mum, that's amazing," and I was like, "Oh my god, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I'm telling this seven-year-old that he's what? a loser." I try and remember is that um, is that you know this this social challenge that she's going through at school isn't something that she needs to fix. It's not a problem yes. that needs to be fixed. It is an ongoing life lesson mm. that is going to continue for the rest of her life, mm. whether she's in the workplace or in her own. You know, when she has a family, it's not. I think we're all trying to kind of fix things and be happy. Yeah, and you don't need to. And that's not what it's that's about. What we shouldn't teach them. Yeah, I think you're right. I also think, sorry, I'm just, I, the one thing I try to do a lot is not to talk in bests and favourites. Because I think that, I think when I was a kid, that whole concept of best friends yeah. and my favourite person is, and like it's nice, but it doesn't mean that that, best friend is the best you know we're, we are all born equal and I think it's like oh who are you you know what I mean and, and I think that just so when for example I sometimes hear someone going oh that kid's a bit disruptive and I try and you know and I'll say actually that's just that kid's just that kid that's what they like they're, they're just a bit silly and you know and they and they they push and they you know and, and I think it's accepting everyone for all their different and it does and I think it does start to 
you know, I think it is incredible that if you start to do that at quite a young age, it does it does really start to sort of sink in. Um, and I think that's why it's really actually it's a really exciting time to be a parent now, you know, and the things that the way people parent, you know, people I think there's a lot more tools and resources and a lot more knowledge. And I think it's I think it's great. I think it's exciting. I, I find it thrilling. Yeah, it is. Every day it's exciting. Guys, this has been such a nice chat. Um, to round it up, I always end the podcast with what's the one bit of advice you give your non-parent self before you begin to become a parent? That doesn't make sense how I just said that, but... I get it. I get it, yeah. We're not, Thanks, we're not simple. Yeah. <laughs> the way that I said it is just very grammatically incorrect. Um, mine would be to not try to be a perfect parent, but an imperfect and accountable parent. That is a great bit of advice. <laughs> um, God, <laughs> I mean, what would I give? What advice would I give to my pre-parenting self? Get sober. <laughs> <laughs> uh, parenting is not going to make you perfect, dude. Only you can do that. Um, yeah, it's not, it's going to change things in many ways, but at the other time it's not going to change anything. I think the other thing that I love is that, um, it's just how important it is to talk honestly with your peer. You know, that's why I'm so grateful for my friendship with Bryony, because I can be as honest <laughs> as, <laughs> as I can with her. And, um, and it's amazing to be able to really share it. Um, although I, I was, and, and I've kind of learned that lesson that I'm not sharing things to try and make them go away anymore. I used to, I used to share, I thought if I can just share about this, it will make it disappear because it's uncomfortable and it's painful. Mm. But now it's about sharing it so that I can connect with other amazing people like Bryony who are experiencing the same thing. Mm. And that's beautiful. Oh yeah. Also, if I was going to tell pre me, pre baby me something, I'd be like, you are going to make an amazing new friend <laughs> and go on holiday. Where are we going to go on holiday this year, Martha? You still want to go on holiday with me, don't you? Always want to go on okay, holiday. Okay, Well, we'll discuss this later. You have been listening to Bringing Up Us, a podcast hosted by me, Matilda Sturridge, and produced by The Pink Protest. You can follow me on Instagram at Matilda Sturridge. And if you've liked this podcast, please remember to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.